my name is Logan, I'm the host and creator of the podcast. Uh, I'm just a gay man from London who came up with this idea for the podcast about a year ago. Uh, I've been working in a corporate job for a really long time and for the last few years of that I've been saving up money uh, to go travelling. And um, at some point I decided during my travels that uh, I try and meet people from our beautiful queer community in the places that I visited, or at least all the places I was able to. Uh, I'm interested in seeing how our community celebrate their identities and challenge the status quo where they live. Our community is so diverse and creative and our identities are influenced differently everywhere, dependent on a million different things. Our sexuality and gender, for one, but also our race, our cultural heritage, our religious and socio-economic backgrounds. All of these elements of who we are, I think, influence how we live in this world as queer people. Uh, but at the same time, I do think we have one thing in common, and that is the wish to live freely and equally and in harmony with others, not at odds with others. Our fight is obviously ongoing for this globally, and sometimes it can feel like it's getting worse every day. But I'm hoping that I can share some stories with you around this that will inspire us all to keep going because there are small revolutions every day and that's kind of a mantra I keep in my head all the time. Um, because sometimes living in this world as queer people can feel a little bit tough and like things are going backwards but there are people everywhere in the world saying no and fighting back whether that is through activism or art or just celebrating yourself and your community we are still marching on so our journey begins in Latin America I started my journey in Brazil and I hope we get to travel even further in the future. So, welcome to the Queer World Podcast. For today's interview, I travelled to Belo Horizonte. It's Brazil's third most popular city, and it's, I'm going to say, east-central Brazil in the state of Minas Gerais. Brazilians, you can correct me but that's about where I'm saying it's located. Um, the feeling and the climate of Belo Horizonte was completely different to Manaus. The air was cool and it rained shitloads the whole time I was there. And the city is a lot more kind of urban jungly, high, high rise buildings and it's really sprawling, but it's also surrounded by like beautiful evergreen mountains. And there was this hazy blue mist over all of the hills the whole time. So it had a real like calming feel the whole time I was there. It was a really nice city and lots of great food as well, actually, and really nice bars, good, good nightlife. Um, but anyways, uh, in Belo Horizonte, I met Paula and she is a co-founder of a group called Vogue Fever. And they are Belo Horizonte's premier voguing and ballroom event. Paula met me at my hotel. And she was looking totally relaxed. She had like a oversized tee on, tattooed arms peeking out. And her curly brown and blonde hair was just pouring over one shoulder. She looked super cool to me. And uh, yeah, it was really nice chatting to her. 
unfortunately, the only place that we could find to chat was on a sofa outside the lift of the fifth floor uh, where I was staying. Um, so there were like guests, employees running around us the whole time, people coming out in and out of the lift. It felt super distracting, but Paolo was really cool about it. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised listening back to the audio, um, how little background noise there was. Uh, but I will just make a disclaimer and say sorry if it is a little bit distracting to you, but I didn't think I could hear too much. And Paola dealt with it super well too. And yeah, it was a really great interview. So I will stop going on and let you get into it. Uh, Vogue Fever, Belo Horizonte, Brazil with Paola. Enjoy. Thank you so much for coming down. Thank you. <laughs> so, Paola, from Vogue Fever, Belo Horizonte. So I was looking um, at what you do online and I was looking at your website. Um, you've got a huge event coming up this yeah. year in yeah. November. Yes. And you, it's one you do every year, right? Yes. Uh, we, do, we did once a year, eight years, from eight years. So this is the eighth edition. Uh, past two years, uh, we had to do an uh, online edition, yes. which was sad, but it was kind of an interesting way also to connect with people from abroad. Yeah. Um, it was it was nice. So that's cool. So yeah, you could do it on a kind of, in a kind of international way because you were doing it from home. Yes. When we started, we started because of Archie Burnett. I can tell the whole story later, but yeah. uh, this guy is from New York. He's an amazing guy. Nowadays, he's 63, if I'm not wrong. And he's known as the person that goes and travels around the world to help build this kind of community. So he's a big uh, piece, like an important piece to our story. And we already started by being an international event. He came first year, then we have, uh, we have had many international guests. And the online editions, we had a lot of guests because... Yes. That, that's the fun part yeah we already knew so uh so many people that could that connect could, that at could the same connect. time oh my god that's amazing yeah so it's a huge ballroom voguing event that you have and it's a competition as well yes yeah uh it's a three-day event like a festival and we start with two days of workshops so it's like each teacher teaches the class, we have a talk at the end, like everyone gathers around, asks questions, and at the last day, it's the ball, it's the competition part. Amazing, oh, that sounds so fun. Yeah, I was looking at all the categories for this year's event, because it's the fourth dimension this yes. year, is the theme, which sounds so cool, because um, I guess there's so many different ways that you can interpret what that would mean, depending on the individual. Perfect, <laughs> and that's what we uh, were aiming for, because you can think the fourth dimension in the physics, in the uh, practical, like plan, like dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> but you can also think about like, um, how can I say, like a spiritual, uh, a spiritual side or yeah. a mental side. Yeah. And we started to go on that uh, way, and we thought 
how cool would it be if we reached the fourth dimension but we could also create some things we like better in this plan yeah so it's kind of what we already do which is create community yeah. and change the like the social world outside we pretend some stuff doesn't exist in our small community yeah and the fourth dimension <laughs> the fourth dimension gives us the opportunity to go big in the ideas yeah. and ideals as Create well like a utopia exactly that's amazing so 2011 was when Vogue Fiegel was kind of founded uh, 2011 was when me and my collective, my girls, yeah. we started to work together. Mm -hmm. We started dancing in a dance crew, like regular competition and uh, shooting videos. Cool. Uh, we met Archie on one year later because we went to a television competition oh. and he was one of the judges. So we already knew each other, but on this competition, oh. he felt like a lot for us because we lost in a very weird way like in a television style way yeah because it's all like kind of uh pre prepared uh and then he started to see how the scene here was like super beginner uh almost in existent it almost didn't exist yeah. at the time so in 2015 we went together to do like a dance and artistic residence in New York mm -hmm. for a month. And we stayed at his house because he rents for dancers and artists. And we connected even more. And that's the year he said, no, I'm coming to... That's the year he said, I'm coming to Belo Horizonte and mm -hmm. we're going to do the event over there. Because everything cultural and everything with sponsors and support yeah. happens in Sao Paulo or Rio. Yeah. And Belo Horizonte, it's in the center south of Brazil. It's not in a bad area. I mean, if you compare it to the north or northeast, um, it's poor, it's harder up there. Mm -hmm. We are in a good uh, place physically, like geographically speaking. Yeah. But we are a very traditional city with very like conservative mindset. Mm -hmm. And uh, talking about this with him, was the main point no let's do it in Belo Horizonte let's make everyone travel to this city yeah and try to change a little bit of the cultural scenario yeah totally because it's like it's the third biggest city in Brazil right yes. and yeah like you say it's not it's not so far from Sao Paulo or Rio either so to bring uh something new to the city and something fresh because our communities exist everywhere as well so to have that accessible to them something like this here you know um that creates more of that community here and creates more feeling of comfort i think that's really really cool and what a cool uh way to get started by staying in archie's house in new york for a month like how, yeah. old, how old were you at the time i don't know <laughs> i had to make the math but i met archie when i was 19 particularly yeah when i was i went to new york in 2009 to do like this, how do you call when you go abroad for six months to study? Oh yeah, kind of like an exchange. Exactly. Yeah. But I did that to dance in a dance um, school, a dance yeah. studio, and I danced every day. Yeah. And Archie was not in my school, but I found him and I loved it. I loved yeah. to take his classes outside uh, the school I was. And he was always the person that stayed after class to talk. Mm -hmm. And it's rare because especially if you are a famous teacher in the area or an artist in the 
commercial, mm-hmm. an artist in this commercial uh, world, mm-hmm. no one wants to chat. They are like superstars, and you know. Yeah. So Archie talked and talked about history, and I was like always like the first student to uh, take notes and ask a hundred questions. So he was very accessible and um, amazing. I, I love Archie. And in 2015, we had this opportunity together, you know, so. Yeah, that's so cool. That sounds like a really awesome relationship. He sounds yeah. like a really great man. He's like the father of everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like the father. You, would you say, well, everybody talks about, you know, Johnny Ninja and the kind of that kind of starting of the like Vogue and ballroom scene and stuff, which is, was Archie also part of that? Yes, uh, yeah. Willy Ninja. Yeah, Willy Ninja, sorry. Yes, no problem. <laughs> uh, actually, they they were very, very good friends. And I think Archie started voguing because of Willy. Yeah. And nowadays, Archie is the grandfather of the House of Ninja. Cool. So after Willy passed, uh, she gave Archie the lead of the house. Yeah. And uh, Archie is actually a club kid. They call like this in New York. It's a bit yeah. different than like the ballroom and voguing scene. Yeah. But because he met Willie, he he went to some balls. I think he gained. Uh, he won a body bodybuilder or some categories related to body. Yeah. And um, he's part of the community that way, and he always travels around to teach. So he's always connecting club scene, which could mean house whacking. Uh, even hip hop a little bit, sure. With also the ballroom voguing scene, amazing, cool. So, um, when you first brought this event to um to Belo Horizonte, how how long was it? Like a was it a quick process for people to find out about it and start coming to it, or was it quite? Did it take some time and and a lot of of work from you and your your girls to kind of get the word out there? Well. It's interesting to say that me and the girls are one part of the whole puzzle yeah. <laughs> because uh, we had we have had this story with Archie, like I said. We have Guilherme. Guilherme is an amazing artist from here. He now lives in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we miss him a lot. But uh, in 2013, he started from zero a party, a monthly party named Dengue, which is like a disease, but yeah. in a fun way, he, he made it sound. And he created the Vogue, the Vogue battle, like a Vogue battle in each party he did. Yeah. And he uh, invited us to co-construct the battles, to judge, to present something. And during two years, so before Vogue Fever, there was like these two years of monthly parties with uh, where we kind of experimented and learned a lot about the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It was a lot of LGBT queer people coming around, artists from all over Belo Horizonte. Guilherme had this power to move. And uh, we, we were learning about like how the categories should be, who should represent in each category, you know? Yeah. And by the time Folk Fever started, it was not really great on like if we think about the ballroom um, essence. Mm-hmm. We didn't understand a lot of stuff. We did. We made a lot of mistakes, but since we were together, like building this, we could uh, get better. And I think 2016 and 17, it was the the years that in Brazil, kind of exploded 
of events in ballroom. Ah, there were okay. already people dancing Vogue and in Sao Paulo, in Brasilia, uh, even before. Uh, crews or groups that later came to change their names to the houses. Yeah. Ballroom style. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the first Vogue Fever was very amazing because there were representants, representants, there were people from uh, different cities. So uh, in 2015, it was so cool in the first Vogue Fever because people came from different cities. And yeah. these people that came in 2015 were already people that probably knew something about Vogue. That's why they came. Yeah. And people that started their scenes. It was people who started events in their cities. So this was very amazing to see it happen how people that came uh, had this experience and then also put together with the experience they already had with the movements they had in their cities, also combining with their reality, because if you think Sao Paulo is different than Brasilia, that is super different than Belo Horizonte, mm -hmm. you know? And um, yeah, um, I, I think also that we recognize that we are cis women that entered in the culture that entered uh by doing this event in an artistic way yeah. with an, an art more artistic view of things like practical it's a festival you hire a teacher and then you have the ball and then you have this and this and the community was there because of dengue because of the party of guilherme yeah but later we came to understand more about ballroom and yeah. the ballroom community itself you know yeah. not just like lgbt and more artistic community yeah does that make sense yeah totally totally and um what is it um that you think what sort of teachings do you think you always really remember from that in the kind of transition from dengue into sort of ballroom and working with people who are in more interested in the ballroom community and like you say being being cis women what was the kind of main teachings that you you took away from that in the beginning that that really helped you kind of progress and grow to be I don't, I don't know more more what you wanted to it to become i think the main thing i learned was what ballroom actually was and who made it and for whom it was made of yeah which are the trans girls the travestis yeah uh and uh, I, I didn't understand a lot about the gender identities. I think a lot of people that was with us in that time also didn't understand or didn't understand as we uh, pose it today, you know? So uh, I think about that, about uh, respect and understand that it's not like two options. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not... Uh, uh, it's not just men and women, exactly. and even if it's a trans person, it doesn't mean that the trans person's gonna want it to be a woman or a man, or you know. And also, we can play with uh, with our expressions and our performance mm -hmm. by using what we relate to feminine and masculine and whatever it's not <laughs> particularly on that both sides. Yeah. 
And I think when I got in touch with this, it was major because mm. I also could question myself, like my cisgenity, yeah. my, you know, uh, why, why am I, when did I find, found out I'm a woman or yeah. what does this mean or what I represent or, you know, yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the thing. And it's such a, an amazing space for everybody to be able to express themselves. There's so much, um, there's so many boundaries that we can't cross when we just go out into the street, wherever we live, with our gender, without fear of, you know, somebody maybe um, pointing that out as something that's negative. And that ballroom space creates a space for everybody who's willing to be open and accepting of everybody to also explore their own. Yes, but also that was amazing what you said because uh, I also understood my privileges. Yeah. Which we should talk about and nominate because I'm white and I'm cis and even if I have uh, different feelings about how I'm going to perform my femininity or my womanhood, I don't know, yeah. uh, I'm still like passable. I'm still a girl in the street. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know if I date a woman or if I date a trans person, I don't care. No one will know. So a trans person that maybe it's not, um, maybe didn't want or it's not fully uh, pa passable. Is yeah, it yeah. To say? yeah, we say possible. Uh, well. If it's not completely passable, which is not even the goal. Yeah. Uh, they suffer. They suffer on the streets. Yeah. And of course, if it's people of color, black people, Latin people, people or indigenous it's different mm -hmm. i know that so uh, this was also something that i had to rec recognize yeah and it was during the events and also by uh not knowing this and making some mistakes regarding other people that was suffering and i wasn't uh, noticing mm -hmm. because at the end of the day to make an event in the lgbt community and ballroom particularly mm. i think it's a great responsibility and nowadays, I'm one of the people that advocates and also talk to a lot of people that wants to do, uh, or if they ask me, of course, uh, that it have to be like majority of black people and majority of trans people, especially trans women, because they created it. Yeah. So we cannot like yeah, you not leave value, them behind. Of course. Them. Yeah, totally. Just because yeah. I identify with the freedom or yeah. something like that. Exactly. And yeah our privileges and exactly they're the foundation of of what you're celebrating what you're creating so yeah that's super cool and, um oh, what was my question yeah actually no i i noticed just noticed on your website and i wanted to ask you so with the event the fourth dimension um there was a uh, notice underneath it um and i wasn't sure totally what it meant but was it so that um, trans people can contact you directly so they get priority for entrance into the event? Yes. Uh, for the ball, we have a trans-free list, which means that every trans person can uh, contact us, send their names. Mm -hmm. um, and, and come for free. And come for free. That's amazing. Of course, it's the least. Like We understood yeah. that with time, but uh, yeah. it's the least. We think uh, we can mm -hmm. use their space, so mm -hmm. of course. And also many parties in Brazil and in any like any parties, any festivals in different areas, not necessarily uh, directed to the LGBT community, mm -hmm. they are doing transfer lists because they understand also how trans people yeah. are treated in Brazil. Yeah. And uh, this is for the ball. For the workshops, 
we have um, a fee to take classes mm -hmm. and that goes for everyone but we have an action that maybe um, gives a different opportunity for people that are coming from the north or northeast of Brazil mm -hmm. because the tickets now are very expensive they uh, spend a lot even when they come by bus many yeah. days in, in the bus so we have a different uh, price and a different opportunity for them but the transfer list is for the both amazing that's so cool that's so cool and so important because you know like you were saying you know it's the experience of a, of a trans person is is harder um from day to day and also like you know more often it's harder to find work and um you know harder to make income so yeah as having those sorts of opportunities is really cool so um your workshops how often do you have them um this particular work workshop is connected to the event so we are bringing two international artists from new york one it's from pose and the other one from legendary oh my god that's so cool so it's also an opportunity for people to uh, get in touch with them yeah. because it's much harder to travel to new york yeah <laughs> and uh, so these workshops uh happen particularly in the event we also will have the three other uh guest judges to teach one class but uh we have like weekly classes i teach weekly classes here in belo i know everywhere in brazil there are many teachers that teach vogue um also the many ways the many styles in vogue uh so from time to time a special workshop once a year <laughs> uh the international workshop in vogue fever yeah and regular classes like and practices as well yeah every week that's so cool and do you get like a big mix of ages or uh mostly young people yeah. like we we have a lot of difficulties also with like having a great space or you know so uh for instance this place that we have this open practice nowadays it's in the afternoon so a lot of people have to work yeah so mostly young people like people that are in school or yeah. maybe in the university but the youngs are the majority. <laughs> That's cool. And um, what? So when you think of of what you're doing now, because you're doing a lot, you know, weekly classes, international workshops, this huge annual event as well. Is there is there more that you want to do? Yes, I during this like path since the beginning of knowing what ballroom was connecting with people here in my city, connecting with people from New York and other cities in Brazil. I understand me a little bit more, not fully, <laughs> but uh, I feel like this community is my community. I feel part of it and I feel like I'm going to turn 60 and I'm going to be there. Uh, so everything I do, actually, it's thinking about my community in yeah. ballroom community yeah um the event might change we uh, we or i i don't know might do events in different cities maybe sao paulo there are more opportunities yeah. over there but also thinking about here because we need it here yeah you want to build it here still so i also work as a cultural producer and even the smallest events are related to ballroom we can we manage to i don't know dance in parties or make uh small battles 
interventions and yeah. festivals, music festivals, for instance. Yeah. And I also am a psychology student. I graduated, but I nowadays study psychoanalysis. Oh, amazing. And especially the part that is related to gender mm -hmm. and identities and sex and sexualities. So even that, even like I, I'm not, I don't work as a psychologist or a psychoanalyst, but even if I'm going to one day, it's going to be to take care or to, I don't know. Work in, in the, our community. Exactly. Amazing. So cool. Gosh, so many things that you're doing. That's really, really cool. <laughs> I love that. It's yeah. Always easy. I mean, I donate more of my time. <laughs> Gain it back in the financial area, for instance. Yeah. But it makes sense. So it's the way. <laughs> yeah. It's a passion. And like, yeah, it's really cool work that you're doing. And it's such a cool way to work, be with the community and connect with other people and it sounds like you've got some really exciting plans and then you and you know combining that with your experience and knowledge now in psychology and psychoanalysis and relating to gender and sexuality that's that's amazing like you must um have some really amazing conversations with the people that you get to work with and that you get to meet people must uh, really really like that because you know it's um it's one thing to be able to hold this space for everybody to come to, but also to come there and be able to meet someone who can really, especially with if you're working with so many young people, yes. you have so much wisdom that you can you can give to them. and, and But also story. they can give to me because Miranda once told me, a friend from my amazing friend, she said, uh, the hard part, but the necessary part is to understand what that we are building and um, taking care of our community. Mm -hmm. But we cannot forget to look individually yeah. because even in the community, it's diff everyone's different. Yeah. And I think psychology helps me a lot with that. Like really looking at each person or uh, hearing them. And sometimes we can think we understand by saying, oh, uh, I, trans people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I cannot make generalizations, you know. Yeah. I have to understand because her reality, for instance, she's from the northeast of Brazil. It's not the same even from a trans girl from Sao Paulo. Yeah. That is going to be different from, you know. Yeah. So, I yeah. think. Every, treating every single person as an individual and not. Yeah. We are a community and we have shared experiences together and we support each other, but every person's life is still their own. And yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. So um, it's what well, it must be. It's about six weeks until the event now. I think so. Yes. So you're getting, getting really busy. <laughs> really busy. But yeah, we've been working for like two, three months. And this final uh, moment is going to be the busiest mm -hmm. but also the the coolest because we see things already like happening and yeah. ready to coming happen together. yeah coming together it's so yeah. cool it's is there cool. a category that you're most excited for oh my god I, we have a team category that we are a little bit inspired by legendary and yeah. also trying to um incentivate people to come together as a house or even if they don't have a house as a group yeah so I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And also for the first time, we are doing body. And the fourth dimension theme for the body category, it's like 
your flag. So I'm excited to see what people will come with because they can use a, an existence flag, like an LGBT flag, yeah. but they can also create their own, like they can ride, they can um, sue, I don't know. So I'm excited to see how it's going to turn out for those two categories. Oh, I can't wait to see all of it coming out online. Here. I'm not going to be here. I was, I was looking at the dates because I was like, oh my God, if I was here, mm -hmm. I would absolutely be going. But I hope that there's, I mean, there'll be loads coming up online, right? Yes, of course. We'll probably have a live uh, going up in Instagram or maybe YouTube, but yes, we'll post about if it. If there's yeah. a live, I'll definitely be tuning in. And if not, we'll, we'll have to share videos and photos with, with everybody afterwards. And yeah. Um, and yeah, um, show everybody what you guys get up to because it just looks so much fun and so important as well. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having the time. I don't know where you found the time, but I really appreciate it. No, I, I'm a freelance, so we can manage to work around Figure the schedule. Yes, and <laughs> I love it because that way I can have more freer days or not. There you have it. Uh, did you love Paula as much as I do? I kind of had a feeling of wanting to be her by the end of hanging out. Um, she has done so many things and lived in so many places and she's met people that I would dream of meeting. And then she set up this incredible event. Uh, yeah, I would love to go to Vogue Fever at some point. Maybe if I ever make it back to Belo Horizonte, I will. But um, they actually do hold all of their events virtually now as well because they did a lot of virtual competitions, as you heard. Um, so, yeah, maybe we can all get to see it at some point. But what I loved most about her story was the theme of allyship. And honestly, I think she just gets it. That is what allyship is. She did all of the learning and she looked at herself and how she'd been moving in the world and said, okay, I've been taking and I need to give back now. I need to share and give what I've been creating back to the people who actually made it for us, back to its origins. Um, you know, she took the hard lessons and now she's showing her love and support for the community as an act of service because of what voguing and ballroom has given to her and the most importantly the people who gave gave that to her which is by and large trans people of color you know i think there is something that all of us can learn from that when it comes to allyship of any kind for any marginalized community and it's just super inspiring so that's what i took from it and i hope it's what you took as well but you know maybe you took something different let me know let's have a conversation uh, but I hope you enjoyed today's episode thank you so much for listening to Queer World Podcast I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed creating it don't forget you can subscribe wherever you listen to Queer World Podcast and don't forget as well that you can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Queer World Podcast or via email queerworldpodcast at gmail.com. 
before I go, I just want to thank my good friend Tom Pitts for providing the music to the episode. You can find him on Spotify and you can also find him on Instagram under the name of Auld, A-U-L-D. Go and check him out. His stuff is absolutely amazing. But until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and I will see you soon.